0: This is the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas.
1: Uh, In his book, The Accidental Creative, creativity expert Todd Henry believes that the tag creative applies to far more people than just advertising gurus and design studio staff. According to Henry, if you're responsible for solving problems, developing strategies, or otherwise straining your brain for new ideas, you're a creative even if you ended up being one accidentally. And I would agree with him. In fact, I've been very blessed to know some highly creative people. I'm friends with uh, artists and poets and musicians and dancers and even some magicians, very creative people. But honestly, one of the most creative people I know is my tax guy. (laughs) Probably shouldn't say that out loud, should I? (laughs) Especially where it's being recorded, yeah. That was a mistake. Uh, However, I would disagree with Mr. Henry slightly in that anyone is an accidental creative. My contention is that we're all creative by design. Oh. There it is. Could have been slightly tighter. It's all right. Uh, golly. Uh, right now, we are in a series called Godology. Uh, It's our attempt to get some theology into us. Uh, We've been looking at what we're calling the ultimate identifiers of God, uh, these characteristics of him, and then pairing them with disciplines to help us know and experience him personally and more in depth. Now, why is it important how you know God? Well, one of my favorite quotes is by A.W. Tozer, and it says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Now, I adjust it slightly, and I say, Uh, how you see God affects the way you see everything else in life. Your view of God is going to change how you look at everything else that you come in contact with. So your theology is important. And theology simply means thinking about God. What do you think about God? And that's why we've been looking at these characteristics, these ultimate identifiers of God, to help inform and shape the way we see God and in turn how we react to the world around us. Well, a great place to start learning about God is through his word. Here at Point, this faith community, we believe that the Bible is God's inspired word to his people. We believe that he reveals himself through this book. So with all that being said, let's see how God opens his story. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 1, and we'll read it together because we're a family and that's what we do. We read together. Right, Chris? All right. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was hovering over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Uh, By the way, if if, uh, you don't like reading up on the screen, you can follow along in the U version. So, just as an FYI. Um, So, this first creation, God created something out of nothing. Uh, Genesis in Genesis 1, 1, the word created is the Hebrew word bara which means called into existence or to cause to exist where previously to this moment, there was no being. What does that mean? <laughs> it means he created everything out of nothing ex nihilo. And we'll talk about that again in a moment, but you'll notice that there was this spirit hovering over the deep waiting for God's voice. Now, once enacted this, this Holy Spirit, God's creative energy went to work. All of a sudden, light and sky and land and stars, sea life and birds, cattle, wild animals, even reptiles, which I really don't like, were all created by the command of God's voice. The Spirit's job was to bring order out of chaos. Poet Micah Bournes likes to think of God as a poet, See how you think of God? louis see everything else in life. And he points out that God spoke the world into existence, almost as though through poetry, using his words to bring about this order out of chaos, all through his words and through his spirit. And in fact, some have made the claim that the opening chapter of Genesis is a poem. Uh, if you'll notice, there's, there's a rhythm to it. There's a, a beat and a pulse. God speaks, creation emerges. It is good. There is night and there is day. Goes on and on. It's a beat. It's a poem. It's a rhythm. Well, let's continue on and see what what else God has to tell us about that creation. Go to Genesis one twenty seven. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God He created them. Male and female He created them. Imago Dei is the Latin phrase for image of God. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? It's kind of a huge topic. <laughs> So sit back and relax. Just kidding. (laughs) It's a huge topic. And so for right now, we're actually just going to focus on on what God has revealed to himself thus far. Up to this point, we can see that God has revealed himself as a creator. His creation is is all that we've seen so far in Genesis. And so we know that God is creative. But how many of us self-identify as creative? Actually, I'll bet in this crowd we probably have a big... But show of hands, how many of you would consider yourselves creative? (laughs) I had a feeling you might do that. You are creative. We'll get to that in a moment. We're all creative. The truth about you is that you are creative because God is creative. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. And we should not think of creativity as belonging strictly to the realm of artists and musicians. Every human makes things. Uh, Artists make things with paint. Poets, writers, philosophers, and lawyers make things with their words. Doctors make people healthier. Consultants make organizations better. Manufacturers make things with raw materials. Chefs make things with fruits and vegetables and meats and spices. Teenagers make messes and excuses. (laughs) And they all just turned on me. (laughs) But every human has the capacity to create, to make things, because we're all made in the image of a creative God. And God loves to see his people create because he loves to see his image reflected. And this explains why we take spontaneous delight. I mean, how many of you, when you were watching that video of the the guy with the sand, how cool was that, right? We love seeing creative things. We we love seeing that because God has made us to enjoy those sorts of things. He creates, and so we create, and we enjoy watching others create. One of our elements of, of Imago Dei is that of a God reflector. When we see humans creating, they're reflecting God. And we take joy in that, thus reflecting God back. It's this continual cycle of blessing and re-blessing. It's like if you hold up a mirror to another mirror, and it just kind of goes on and on and on. Einstein said, creativity is contagious. Pass it on. I think that's a great idea. Pass that creativity on. So in the beginning, we were filled with God's Spirit. In fact, Genesis 2.7 says that God breathed the breath of life into the man, the spirit. We were fully human. We were full of creativity and life. The spirit worked in and through us. And then came the fall, right? That moment where mankind chose to usurp God's position, his rightful role in our lives. And we began to lose connection to the spirit. We lost an element of creativity that God had implanted in us. It's kind of like how children start off as creative, right? I mean, think back when, to, to the games you used to play as a kid. You know, you'd have imaginary friends. You'd build forts out of, you know, blankets. I still have an imaginary friend I talk to to this day. I swear I got my straitjacket. It's a long straitjacket. Uh, you know, we, we would paint things, right? And, and, and our parents would put them up on the refrigerator and we'd be so proud. Look, my little drawing is up there. I would make that ashtray out of clay. We loved it. And over time, we grew up, right? We stopped seeing ourselves as creative. We stopped imagining. We, we stopped playing. And moreover, uh, through time, people saw themselves as less and less God's image bearers. The image of God had become tarnished and the spirit had dulled within us. However, God is gracious. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. God is gracious. And I believe the remnants of that spirit remained in us. Pieces of that that creative spark remained in the human DNA even though it was now twisted and distorted. And this reflects an element of what is traditionally called the common grace. Common grace is the grace of God by which he gives people innumerable blessings that are not part of salvation. It's the difference between uh, saving grace and common grace. Common grace is given to everybody. Saving grace is people who understand that Jesus died for our sins, was raised from the dead to give us life. But common grace, in, in this area of human creativity, the blessings of common grace are sometimes poured out on unbelievers even more abundantly than on believers, right? I mean, we see some people who are hugely creative that have no connection to God or Jesus. However, in all cases, it is a result of the grace of God meant for the glory of God, whether they realize it or not. In fact, 1 Corinthians twelve seven says this, Now to each one, to each one manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You see, it's for creation. All creativity is for creation. God always has a purpose to what he does. Creativity comes with it with it a certain amount of responsibility. It's there not for one's own glory, but for God's. It's also there to serve the common good, to benefit others. That's the whole purpose of God's creativity. When he created this world, he did it for his glory. He didn't have to create any of this. He chose to. Did it for himself, and he also did it for us gave us this great place to play Jesus spoke about this spirit uh, in fact I'll actually read from a real Bible here well real ish it's the message <laughs> now, I love the message but and you know Sean I I have to point you out every time because I always Sean always used to give me a hard time for using the message and even he's kind of come around so it's not what Paul, not what Paul, read. Not what Paul read that's right Paul read King James, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> John uh, 7, 37 to 39 says, On the final and climactic day of the feast, Jesus took his stand. He cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way, just as the scripture says. And he said this in regard to the Spirit whom those who, who believed in him were about to receive. The spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not been yet been glorified. You see, even though there is this great, there's people who have this great creative spirit in them, there's a better creative spirit to come. I think for a lot of us, though, the spirit seems elusive. For many of us, the God breath that was breathed into us at creation had dried up. We need something new, something fresh. 2 Corinthians 5.17 points out what that might be. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. God did not stop creating on the sixth day. Yes, on the seventh day he rested. However, God is creative. Part of his nature is to create. You can't stop that from him. He continues to create. And, and around here, we've talked about how God has made us to be co-creators with him. Now, we, we're co-creators with him. We're not like him necessarily in that I said earlier he created ex nihilo out of nothing. We're only allowed to create out of the things that he has already created, the things he's already blessed us with and said, take these and create with. He wants us to play in his garden. I just think that's a beautiful thought. But even here in this verse, we see God creating new things. Through Jesus Christ, God is able to restore us back into a relationship with him. He's able to create something new from our lives, and he's able to redeem and restore, and he calls us back into his service, back to what he originally purposed us for. No longer do we live for ourselves. We return to a higher purpose. He sets us back in the role that he gave us in creation. And around here, we've talked about that as being, uh, as our role of being agents of restoration. I don't know about you. I love that phrase. I say it almost everywhere I go. You'll ask Kylie. Almost everybody I get in front of like this, I talk about agents of restoration in some way. The point is, it means that as Christ followers, we have a role to play in God's restoration plan for this world. As people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have an obligation and a duty to be as creative as we can with the tools that God has given us. It's our purpose to bring about order amidst the chaos that humans have made of this world. That means engaging in things that bring beauty. That's why I love watching things like that guy with the sand and the dancing. That's beautiful. It means exercising our creative muscles in acts of restoration for the greater good. It means we reclaim our role as caretakers in God's creation, it means helping to point to God's glory in all acts of creation. In fact, that's one of the reasons why this this morning's gathering, I resourced a lot of things or outsourced a lot of a lot of what I normally do. Uh, all the screens here were created by Sarah over there. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> now, first of all, not only did she do a great job of you know putting the words on there and everything, she actually created all the backgrounds that go with it. Isn't that amazing? She's she, and she has a whole website of the patterns that she's created. She's remarkably creative, and I love that about her. And, and, in fact, Brian, what did I say to you last week? I came up to him after the gathering. I said, okay, next week we're doing a gathering about creativity. Normally, what about Tuesday, Wednesday, I send you ideas of here's what, I, here's what we need. This week I said, it's you. You come up with everything. So all the music, all the, the transitions, everything you've heard this morning, you're going to hear later on. Is all from Brian. He's exercising his creativity for the greater good. Yeah. (laughs) And in fact, this week I asked uh, Tony Brown. Many of you know Tony. He's a good guy. I said to him, uh, I said, what what do you think is the role of, of Christians in creativity? And he said, I believe Christ is the ultimate creator. And if we're to follow, we are to mimic that creativity. Christ is creative, and so we should be creative. And I asked him, well, how would you recommend doing that? And he said, the first thing that pops into my brain would be pay-it-forward type of opportunities, random acts of kindness as as a practice. Look for and take those opportunities. There's all sorts of ways you can be creative. It doesn't have to be creating whole new patterns or designing gatherings. It, It can just be in the ways that you interact with people, right? I mean, think about it. Everything you do, is creative from the way you dressed. You got up and you chose that this morning. Unless you're like me and your wife gets up and chooses it for you. And then that's a whole other story. Just kidding. She doesn't actually choose it for me. She would choose a lot better than I do. Uh, (laughs) Sure. But there's so many opportunities to be creative. You know, that's one of the reasons we have Theater 166. This place is so important. And it's one of the reasons that Kylie and I and so many others are so passionate about seeing it succeed. This place is a beacon of hope in this fallen world. We have the opportunity to not only showcase and exhibit all forms of creativity, but we have the opportunity to come and be a part of that and help point people towards Christ in that. That's why when I'm asking for somebody to come up and host, and, and I, I recognize I don't give a lot of, of ideas of here's what you should do, because honestly, I think your creativity is going to take over. The way you're going to interact with somebody is going to be different than the way I interact with somebody, and that's beautiful, and that's great. And it's an opportunity to point towards God and his love. And that's why we desire your participation. So what are ways that you can be creative? You ever think about that? In fact, uh, we got a few minutes. Can I get the mic? Kylie's got it. All right. So Kylie's going to walk around. And just briefly, I don't know, somebody call out ideas that, of ways that you like to be creative. It could be anything. What's that? Cooking, you like to cook? What do you like to cook? Anything in particular? Grill. Grill. Oh. All right, so everybody over at Mike's place after the gathering. <laughs> what else? Raise your hand, raise your hand. We'll get you on the microphone here. And all the creativity leaves the room. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: um, I love what Tony said about putting it forward because I really. Power to make things better right like and it doesn't have to be the typical things that we think of sometimes it can be just like making somebody's favorite something mm. I mean back to the cooking thing feeding people is a great way to be creative and it's bringing, just bringing good in the world like the lady at Starbucks who paid for me before I got there because I let her cut in I mean that kind of stuff it's I don't know
1: I like it Brian <coughs>
0: This isn't so much about me being creative, but um, the last project we did at school, we do a project every six weeks. I decided I wasn't going to tell them how to do it. (laughs) I said, you need need to take the Bill of Rights, put it in your own language, and bring me something. And some of the things I got, I got one girl brought me a gumball machine. And every time you opened up the gumball machine, a ride would fall out. <laughs> it rolled up, he'll never read it. I had paperweights. I had rap songs. Ooh. I had videos. Um, just, and, you know, and, and that just got me thinking, well, why am I telling them what to do? Mm. Because out of 107 kids, there's going to be about five that are just really going to wow me. You know, and that makes it all worth it. Mm. So. I guess, you know, by me being creative enough to think that I'm allowing them to be more creative,
1: which is, which is a good thing. Nice, nice. else? Oh, Dan Shadle. <clears throat> See, Kylie and I trade off this job. way anyway, We don't have to work out during the week. <laughs> Run back <and> for <laughs> us. Uh,
0: one of the things about creative, you know, creativity is... is always heard those stats of you know how creative kids are essentially mm. how that creativity you know beaten out of them you know by the time they reach college and, and so I think it's important to you know like you said pay it forward or help other people foster that creativity in them to kind of rekindle that creative spirit you know it's it's not dead you know it just takes rekindling mm-hmm. uh, so you know find those little ways where you can rekindle your own creativity I think is important too because you know I mean God designed us to be highly creative people Amazing, what you can see those kids do. So, just imagine what an adult could do with the exact same, you know, creative spirit.
1: Mm. Nice. Cheers.
0: I think that you should use your creativity to bring out the creativity in people that have lost some of their creativity over time and over their aging. And, you know, you see a grandma and she's just sitting there. Why don't you play some music and try to get her to dance? Maybe bring some younger years. Maybe bring some food that brings back childhood memories to some people. Or or play some music that some people want to dance to because it reminds them, hey, didn't I used to do this when I was a little kid? Kind of show them the way. Because when I was a little girl, I don't know about anybody else, I used to pretend to be things. I used to pretend to be a princess, a vampire. I used to date Taylor (laughs) Lautner. kind of brings back that oh, I remember when I used to do this type of thing and so I started doing that with my friends at long time so I'm just like, hey, let's pretend to do something, it's kind of it's kind of fun you know?
1: Nice, I like that absolutely lots of opportunities oh <laughs> and you'll find they never choose them all on the same side it's always this back and forth thing <laughs> I
0: was just going to say that if we can use them for- Creative spark that God's given us to glorify Him, so many other non Christian creative people are out there creating stuff that's really vile, hmm. and, um, negative, and um, dirty. And that gets promoted to our kids and our families. And um, I think God would probably really like us to use the talents that He's given us to really um, bless other people with um, gifts or productions or um, activities or artwork um, that would glorify Him and really show what He can do through us, as opposed to letting all these other people just dirty
1: up our, our mm. culture. Absolutely, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, Kylie and I used to travel with a, a terminal illusion show. <clears throat> it was interesting how sometimes just by by being your Christian self and, and not I don't I'm not talking about you know going out and preaching the Bible to people, but just by being your your Christian self, how people would would change like we went to this uh to several um theaters and in theaters there's a lot of union workers and these guys are kind of rough and tumble sort of guys and they would start off the day by cussing at everything that walked their way (laughs) but gradually over time because none of all of the people in the show were all christians and we all believed in you know watching your tongue and, and not saying certain things over time they'd go hey hey you know what Let's, let's cut out some of that language, guys. Let's let's kind of be cool about that. And, and it was interesting to watch that transition. Just And, you know, again, we weren't necessarily preaching at them. They just kind of got it because of how we were living our lives. Anybody else? Nope. Oh. mail.
0: I think we need to be thankful. We live in a country that allows you to be creative, and that's what makes this country as great as it is because of all the uh, creative people that come mm-hmm. to this country and are able to express their creativity.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a great country, isn't it?
0: Speaking of creativity, we can also thank uh, Lucas for doing wine this morning.
1: Yeah. I do love that, too, how it, it, Pastor Dave was pointing that out to me the other day at a, at a concert. It's like everybody who, who works back there, even though Dan trains us all really well, uh, and Chris does a lot of training, too, but... Uh, <laughs> But everybody kind of does it in their own different way. It's so cool. And so you can kind of see how everybody uh, works. I I heard something the other day that uh, chess masters um, can actually look at certain movements and they can know, oh, yeah, that particular movement was by Kasparov or by so-and-so because of the way they did it. They they all, I mean, it seems to me like the same moves, but they all do it slightly differently and express their creativity. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, you are creative. God has called you to take part in his creation. You have the opportunity and responsibility to act as an agent of restoration through the creativity he's blessed you with. And so how will you use it? Well, I mentioned earlier the YouVersion Live event. In there I've put several questions that will hopefully get you thinking about your creativity and how it's going to uh, play out. They come from Stephen Adagy's book, Create, Stop Making Excuses and Start Making Stuff. (laughs) which I think is a great title. Uh, and actually, I encourage you to go, go through those books. In fact, uh, or go through those questions on the you version. And in fact, pick up that book. It's a short book. It's on Kindle. It's like $2.99 or something. It's like 53 pages. You'll zip right through it. But it, it will really get you thinking about it. And that brings us to this week's discipline. Each week, we pair a discipline with one of the ultimate identifiers of God. This week, create something. Do something. Be creative. Exercise that creative muscle that's within you. And I would love to know if any of you actually do that. So drop me an email, knight at crosspoint.com, K-N-I-G-H-T at crosspoint.com is my email address. Drop me an email. Let me know what you do. Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, gosh, you know, I really don't know. i got no ideas, blah, 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 blah. And send me an email. I'll pray with you about it. Let's pray and let's see how God wants to work in and through you in his creative spirit. You are creative. You are made in the image of God. And he has a purpose and a place for the creativity he has blessed you with. Use it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for creation itself and the incredible gifts and talents you so generously entrust to us. May we appreciate and develop these talents, always recognizing that they come from you and remain yours. Guide us in using them for the benefit of everyone that we touch so that we may be more aware, they may be more aware of your creative presence and develop the creativity entrusted to them for the good of others. Help us also to use your talents to bring a creative spark and new possibilities to your world, living out our call to be an integral part of your creative force. Amen.
0: This has been the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. For more information about our church, visit
1: www.crosspoint.com.